Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Art of Touring, where I sit down each week and speak to a fellow musician about life on the road. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. I'm a musician, a music teacher, a gym goer, a father of twins. I love Star Wars. I own over 30 pairs of Jordan 7s. I enjoy watching the wrestling. Uh, what else? Uh, Art of Touring is a podcast that I do every Tuesday. Like I said, love it. Love bringing you guys fresh content every week every Tuesday you can listen to Art of Tuesdays Art of Tuesdays <laughs> that's good you can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes and this week I'm starting a giveaway uh, and all you need to do is write a review and uh, rate the show on iTunes screenshot it send it to me on um, Instagram at Art of Touring and I will send you something in the post it could be a set list it could be a stage used guitar pick it could be a birthday card that I'm yet to throw away. Uh, I might even send you a sticker. So just give the show a rating um, and a review on iTunes. Shoot me a mailing address, uh, your snail mail address, and I'll hook you up with a special treat. All right, this week on the podcast, I had a chat with the lads from Melbourne metal band Never. Uh, this is the third podcast that was recorded downstairs in the front bar at the Spotted Mallard during the Meltdown Festival, uh, which was held on Saturday, May the 12th. So I'm pumping these out. This is the third one. I've got a few more up up my sleeve to um, to release each week. The audio is pretty good in this one. Uh, there's some background noise from the bands playing upstairs, but it's not really noticeable, so don't really worry about that. The conversation goes in a few different directions. We talk about uh, the band's history in Melbourne, uh, in the Melbourne metal scene. Uh, we reminisce about one of our famous uh, music venues, one of our mutually favorite ones uh, in Melbourne and we spoke about some great moments where uh, some of the members of the band from Never uh, they got to support some of their teenage heroes and we get to hear about that which is a really rad thing that they got to do uh, there is a bit of swearing in this one however guys so if you are listening with kids in the car probably best to skip this chat until they've been dropped off at school now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor Art of Touring is proudly brought to you this week by Freeze Dried Taste is Choice are you in the mood for a good cup of coffee? Don't have time to wait for a barista to make you a half-cap mocha latte with skim milk and a sprinkling of chai flakes served on a bed of kale chips and tossed with cocoa nibs? Then grab a packet of freeze-dried Tasty's Choice Instant Coffee. Just open up a satchel, boil the kettle, and whack in a splash of milk. You'll be in coffee heaven, freeze-dried Tasty's Choice, the only way to drink coffee! Just so you know, guys, Anchor FM hosts the show. Without Anchor FM, there would be no art of touring. So be sure to check out their website at anchor.fm backslash art of touring. Here is the sixth episode of the show. Let's check it out. Welcome to the Art of Touring, coming from the Spotted Mallard uh, for the Meltdown Festival. I'm sitting down with the lads from Nether. Uh, we've got Graham on the bass, Azza on the guitar, Chase on the vocals, and Dan on the guitar as well. So, boys, are we from... Where are we from? Where, where is the band based? I, I, I play in a band called Frankenbach. We've been around for like a while. I've, uh, I met Dan through Frankenbach. I've yep. pretty much met all these guys through playing in that particular band. Um, we've all been mates and playing in different bands together. And um, we basically sort of never was sort of like um, 
something on the side that wasn't so serious. It was mainly like an idea for uh, let's get together on a Monday night, play some riffs and have some laughs and have a good time. We never actually really intended to do anything with it, but sure, it was so good. We just ended up feeling like it needs to be heard and it needs to be recorded and yeah. here we are. Beautiful, man. Um, and so, yeah, are you guys from Melbourne? Yeah, I think that's what he was getting yeah, at in yeah. initially. <laughs> is we're from Brooklyn over in uh, in the western suburbs. That's okay. where Universal yep. Space is located. And are you guys all born and bred in Melbourne or any of you guys from other areas of Australia? No, we're all born and bred in <laughs> Melbourne. And yeah. like, as I said, we've been playing in bands in Melbourne for the last uh, yeah couple of decades. Yes. <laughs> really. So back yep. in the late, late 90s is yep. when we sort of started uh, playing so yeah been around for a, quite a while I've certainly heard of Frankenbock um, as I am a 90s kid myself yes sir um, that my name little, is my certainly my brother Ando who plays drums in uh, in Never is also the bass player in a band called Dreadnought as well right and so, yeah, Jay was in a band called Red Sky Burial. Yes, I was. And I watched some of that, your stuff the other day, man, and I was like, man, why don't I go do some more shows? They were really good. Yeah, excellent. There you go. That was you tracking <laughs> in the studio. That's right. I saw you Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Exceptional work. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, well, it looks like that you guys are very incestuous. You play in a lot of bands, and um, but obviously coming from Melbourne, there's going to be a bit of that anyway because there's so many bloody musos. <laughs> That's insane, isn't it? That's it's, it. Yeah, it's hard to sort of describe unless you kind of are involved in it. Yeah. The, 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 the good and the bad about being in a part of a scene like the Melbourne scene, which is now getting a reputation worldwide, but uh, there's that many bands and they're all really good and there's a lot yeah. of venues too. And, you know, on a night like tonight, it's, you know, the, the, the stacked with killer bands and, mm. you know not that many people turn up and you're like Whoa. well that's it isn't it you know we um we we try to our best to get punters through the door but sometimes the footy's on isn't it or something oh, right. <laughs> we don't, we don't actually seasonably cold at this like you know we last. don't actually mind that though because we always bring the party as long as we bring the bigger riffs and even bigger spliffs people are always going to have a good time so you know the bigger riffs. Whether there's, whether there's five people in the audience or 500, we're always going to have a party and make people yeah, we dance. Don't, we don't really care. <laughs> yes. We just like playing. We and, love playing. And that's the attitude to have, isn't yeah, it, really? Man. Otherwise, well, why would you do it? this long, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's what we do it in the first place. You know, we did that just to, because we love to do it. So. Yeah, exactly. And that is definitely where uh, a band should spawn from because you're, you know, the fan of music and you want to create music and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, can you guys tell me how often you guys get out to tour um, in different areas? At the moment, we haven't done very much extensive touring. However, we've got a bare bit coming up. Um, previously, now other bands, we've done a lot of touring, particularly Frankenbock. Yeah, this one's pretty fresh. Yeah. We haven't really gotten out and about. We've only been to Adelaide before. And so this... Uh this tour here is really good for us just to get us... Albury. We did Albury. No, was it? Oh, St. Yeah. Ives. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. yeah. <laughs> We've spent a little bit of time in the, in a van together. Probably just enough time to, to know that, uh, you know, we all stink and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. Yep. Someone never brings enough pot. You know, that's sort of... There's just the <laughs> conundrum of being on the road. All those problems that arise on the road. Exactly. Serious, serious issues. Yes. Yes. Most yes. definitely. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys, um, can I ask you 
if you can if you can think back to your high school days, what kind of bands did you listen to um, back in the day? Jesus, where do you start? Yeah, that's a tough question, mate. Because the back the in high school, well, there was I mean, high school was so revolutionary, and every year was different. There was new bands every year, so it's where yeah. do you start? Like Australian or international? Oh, look, uh, r- let's go local, yeah. yeah. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed, Tumbleweed yeah. massive okay. influence. Oh, yeah. Huge fans of that band. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they oh. were... Yeah, I don't know, they were the first, one of those first sort of bands that started that 70s fuzz sort of revival and were the first band that sort of introduced me to a lot of that kind of music, you know? Yeah. Um, finding out their influences and stuff, but yeah, they were a huge, huge band back in the day. All yeah. those bands, Meanies, Tumbleweed, Spiderbait. Hard-ons, Cosmic Psychos, Magic Dirt, just going to gigs. There was a really healthy scene in Australia in the 90s, for sure. It was probably at its peak, I reckon. Most definitely. Back in the 90s. Yeah. You know? And then on the metal front, we had Metal for the Brain that was still going at the time. And I mean... Yeah, that was pretty special. How many bands... Who who used to play at Metal for the Brain? Fuck, can't even... We Frankenbock played there a couple of times. Frankenbock played. Yeah. Oh, the, the cream de la creme, mate. Every year it was <laughs> make the pilgrimage up to Canberra. It was yep. the best. So, yeah. There you lots, go. Lots and lots. International. International-wise. Fucking heaps, man. Where do you start? Yeah. Helmet. Ooh. I can't hear what you guys are saying. But um, what I want to say was um, bands in high school and stuff, I like the fact that when I, you know, sit around on YouTube or whatever and I go, oh, check this out again. That's what I was listening to. I still like pretty much most of the music I was listening to in high school. Sure. Um, I think it's like, you know, still relevant today. I was grown up with stuff like Sex Pistols and a lot of overseas band, all, but all the, um, all the local stuff. Because there's uh, a lot of other people that are like, uh, what did you listen to in high school? And they're like, oh, oh my God. Like, I yeah. don't want to talk about it. It's like Roxette or whatever. It's like, <laughs> if you like Roxette, man... S- Still like it, man. You yeah, don't have to be like just cool own and it. Tough now. For yeah. me, for yeah. me, I think it was the last really, really, really incredible period of music. You know, you had bands like fucking Caius and Helmet and Rollins oh, Band, Rollins Band. Band. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there was Mark an incredible, Kane. incredible Mark period. Mark Kane, Mark Kane. Oh yeah, Sagan, but they were awesome. Do you know what so I mean? Good. I remember the first time I heard Chris Cornell singing in Sagan. I think I was wake up and eating cereal and watch Jesus Christ pose, and it fucking scared me. There's not many <laughs> bands that scare me nowadays. I kind of sit there and yawn, but that was dangerous, you know. Yeah. First time I saw Faith No More Epic on morning television at like, like video hits or some shit and that yes. song came on for the first time and they they actually used to get artists occasionally to introduce this, their song and they happened to be in the sta- in the country at the time when that was launched so they were actually there on the couch and they, hey, this is Fred Domora this is epic and I was like yeah that was a life changing moment man it's just those kind of those those first times when you ever saw that shit. Same with uh, Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name. Oh, I remember man. the first time I saw that yes. on TV and just went, what the fuck is this? What an awesome <laughs> bands, man. Cool. Incredible. Dangerous bands. Pantera. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, you dangerous. name it. All that stuff. And there's all those, um, all the inter- um, international bands, but I remember going to see bands like um, Bastard Squad. Right. And, uh, you know, like um, 
a lot of early Australian bands that are like now a big without band, a like, reason. That, yeah, exactly. They were playing like at the uh, Real Artillery or the um, the Art House. The Art House. Oh, the Art House used to be a huge metal venue, didn't it? Back in the day, it's fucking yeah. unreal venue. We'd be watching yeah. those, you know, bands, and we were still mid youth crisis. Yeah. Mid youth crisis. What a band. One Dude, inch that punch. place was the shit. Heads kicked that off. Was, uh, like the first place I uh, saw. I was like officially went and saw uh, pub bands in Australia when I was like 18 and we turned house. up we turned up at the art house and we're just from the country and we just that was our first time out and I was actually watching a band called Heads Kicked Off and they were like full crust punk grind stuff really fucking intense and sure ah oh, fuck we knew where we belonged after that exactly um, yeah our band started getting shows there and that was fucking the best mate. Poor, poor Dave he's, he's, he's freaking out now that he's asked us this question he's like are these guys ever going to shut up they're just going to he's the right questions 90s period luck amazing period of music man yeah Locally, most definitely man abroad, keep talking about fucking it fucking awesome yeah yeah well I remember uh, one of the first gigs that one of the, my first bands ever played was at the art house fuck yeah and that was before you know it, I mean I don't think it's around anymore is it no it's gone it's actually now a uh, sort of fashionable Irish bar ah. and uh, Ricky who plays guitar in Frankenbach now actually worked there for a period until he got fired he got fucked he got fucking fired, Bob. <laughs> he got fired. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so it's yeah. quite a trendy little joint now. But yeah. the reverence over in Footscray is where the people from the art house actually, they bought the reverence and now they've, you know, ah. stepped it up a few notches. So, yeah, the people that own the art house now own the reverence. And, yeah. Um, yeah, fuck, that place is the jewel of the West, really. We don't have another kind of venue out there, especially yeah. one as uh, awesome as the Rev. So, yeah, they do good work. Now, in um, preparation for um, Can I tonight's... Can one more art house? Of course, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest things about the art house is when um, younger bands were like going, man, I want to play a gig in a pub, where do I go? And one of the cool things is um, bands like um, The Living End were getting gigs at the art house and like doing that all the time, but I could tell these uh, younger bands, call the art house, man, they'll put you on. Yeah, right. You know, so like they... They're responsible for breaking a lot of like big acts, but what was really rad is like, if you've never played the art house, if you've never played a gig before, call these guys and they'll go, "We'll give you a go, mate. No worries." Yeah, yeah. They're responsible for half, you know, a lot of Melbourne gold. Yeah, and I think that's a very, very cool thing because now, I mean, there are some venues that still do that. But specifically ones with a, a name like the Art House had for them to be doing that kind of well, thing for smaller like bands is very cool. Melbourne's CBGBs, I guess you know it's got it that was, kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of reputation about it. Yeah, and it was a real sad thing when it was all over. Well, that's know? it, we spent man. A lot of time in that place, you know. I will say though, the the Cherry Bar does have an open mic night on a Monday night, and you don't you don't have to have any or hardly any performance experience to play there um and so that's a good way to kind of get your foot in the door um yeah, there at least uh, which is great great initiative hey um so i was doing a bit of preparation on you guys um uh, today nice yes <laughs> got my notes here and my little Excellent. workbook and i, I uh, was watching a film clip called devil in you uh, which features a massive fuck off bun bonfire that's correct sir. <laughs> it looks like an entire tree it was more than just a tree, mate. <laughs> Where did you film this film clip? Okay, so 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, we filmed this out at a property uh, just past Cranbourne. It's actually a place where we did a, a show. There's a guy that... Uh, it's his birthday, and he wanted to get... He got Frankenbock to come out and play his birthday, and we also got Never Out, and, uh, yeah, that was it, yeah? Just us two? Yeah. That's right. It ended up in the jam, though. Oh, yeah, and then uh, there was other shit. But uh, we had an outdoor show, and he had about 100 of his mates rock up. And nice. It was, it was fucking unreal, and they had some bonfires and shit. The atmosphere was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, we just... And so we were supposed to film some stuff for the film clip at that gig, and it all didn't... went went south so our backup plan was like well hey mate can we come you got like he's had all these massive piles of wood like huge big piles over in this paddock and we're like can we just come back and drag a few logs out and light her up and see how we go and so we did that so yeah it was trippy interesting experience was there even some drone footage yeah yeah yeah, very cool it was hard to shoot because the fire obviously has a you know, the first take we had was those shots with my brother in the background, and that that camera was actually kind of just put on at the last minute right. to stand behind him, and it, the flames are fucking enormous at that point. It was nearly burnt, like, did you, his drum kit. Did you, it was did, that close. Did you, did you uh, dig the song or dig the clip? Oh, most definitely. Um, I feel like the intensity of the bonfire certainly uh, uh, accompanied the music like perfectly. Yeah, sweet, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it worked. A, it was a simple, simple idea in the end. Could yeah, have a little bit more of this, that, the other. It was like, nah, fuck it. It's just f- five dudes rocking out in front of a massive fuck off fire. <laughs> hey, <laughs> and it, it works, hot. man. Yeah, yeah, it worked perfectly. And it was hot. Yeah, it was cool. We did about. Oh, we most did about ten takes, and they kept as the takes went on they kept dragging more and more shit so they were out in the paddock yeah. <laughs> just dra- dragging these massive logs across yeah just you know oh, so you couldn't guys. see them you, you just hear them over there somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just hear <laughs> all this crackling going on yeah, yeah. what's going on <laughs> it's pretty cool it's <laughs> good fun Oh, man. Well, I mean, yeah, the film clip vibe. I mean, you guys obviously have shot many, many film clips, but I always find that to be the most enjoyable part of a release um, because it's generally where you can kind of put vision, obviously, to all the audio that you've been creating. That's right. And, um, and then it's obviously something you can share as well with your fan base um, and get a bit of feedback on. So, yeah, no, that was very cool to watch today. Excellent. Um, can you guys tell me, uh, it could be... a you know, a story from Frankenbock days or Never days or, or whatever. Um, a, a show that you look back on thinking, oh, that was... I can die happy because I played that show. Like well, a really rocking gig. I've got one of those ones. And that was when I was actually... The singer in Frankenbock was when we supported Exodus. And uh, we did support them in Melbourne. And uh, I was absolutely obsessed with them. And so to actually get to play with them. And not only that, we fucking smoked it. We did really well. Yeah. They loved it genuinely loved it and that was a big fucking oh dude and then i actually got to drive them to the airport the next morning there was a last minute someone bailed out and they put the word out on facebook and i just went i'll do it (laughs) so i got to drive them all to the airport in the morning which was really trippy i've got like this guy rob jukes standing next uh, sitting next to me who looks like he eats babies for breakfast And uh, he's the nicest guy I've ever met. Doesn't yeah. drink, doesn't, doesn't do nothing, but the guy's a fucking animal on stage. And, yeah. You know, so it was, was kind of cool, just Gary Holt in the back seat, you know, just like... <laughs> but anyway, Just yeah, pinching yourself, cool. yeah. What was the venue that you got to play? It was at the Corner. Corner oh, Hotel. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great room. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was, that was a good night. Yeah. 
was a real good night. Did you have one big fella? Nah. <laughs> oh shit, this guy played with Slayer at fucking Festival Hall. What? <laughs> we have to hear about that. Um, yeah, um, we, were, we, were, we did like the whole fucking Slayer support. And I, and I specifically remember um, I was in, in the back of the van. And I was in the back of the van with all the gear. And I think like the snare stand was like hit me in the head. Oh. And I was like trying to hold up like the bass amp. I was like thrown in there like, you know, with all the, all the stuff. I was really uncomfortable. I was thinking, if the van rolls and I die tonight, and I honestly felt this like, I'm pretty fucking good with that. I'm good, yeah. I'm good with I that. I supported Slayer tonight. I, I grew up with a very punk rock sort of background, and then this guy gave me a bunch of TDK tapes. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, had, I didn't even have any labels. It was just like a couple of 90 minutes. Sure. And, and it just had Slayer in it, and that's all I did for years and years. I just listened to that yeah. on my Walkman and stuff. And it was kind of like pretty much my convert from like punk rock into metal. Yes. And it was the band that actually kind of, you know, I was riding around on a motorcycle with Slayer stickers all over it. It meant everything to me. Sure. And um, to actually get to share the stage or share a sandwich with this this band that, you know, kind of were the full... In- yeah, that that was uh, pretty amazing. But the, I wow. think the most important thing why I went home so happy is we played to a Melbourne crowd, got a reputation for being pretty fucking hard. Yes. We played to a Slayer crowd, got a reputation for if you're not Slayer, you're fucking dead. Yes. And we walked out and they went... Yeah, they were ready to rock. And I couldn't believe, you know, after us they had our Machine Head and Slayer and that. And if I was in the crowd, I'd be like, fuck off, bring on Slayer. <laughs> but they I actually, was in the crowd. They, they, I, didn't, they, I didn't say that at the time. Uh, there you <laughs> go. Did you go? Can I interject here? Uh, for, for me, I, I mean, every tour and every show that we play that's out of town is great. But for me, <clears throat> actually tonight, uh, we get to play with one of my favourite Australian bands ever, Child, are playing on the bill. So yep. Second that shit. So, I mean... Second it. Uh, it doesn't matter how many shows and how much touring and how many international acts you play with or on or share the stage with when Dan and uh, Dirt House Agency said that they'd booked a show with us and Child, yeah, I was blown away because, in my opinion, they're probably, if not the best or one of the best bands playing in Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I can't wait to get upstairs and see them. So, yeah. There you, you go, man. See them three weeks in a row in a different state every week. I'm fucking stoked, man. Yeah, no, Can't complain about that. Nah, man. Nah, I'm, I'm kind of with him. I'm, we're, we're total fanboys of that band. I've seen them a lot. I actually saw them play with Rose Tattoo. Oh, wow. A month ago. They supported them in Geelong. Yes. And, which is a really bizarre coupling, but uh, yeah. for me it worked a treat because I was hanging to see the Tats again, and they were mind-blowing. I might add. Fuck, they were good. Yeah. Tats, and so were Child. They played a whole bunch of new shit, and ah, man. Go to another world when I watch those guys play live. It's I fucking s- unreal. I saw Rose Tattoo support uh, the um, the Guns N' Roses. At no shit. S- yeah, Sydney My Music Bowl. Um, and that was rad. When was that? Like recently? Yeah, that was like five years ago. Yeah, how yeah. was that? It was great. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Gunners every time, whether it be the original lineup or the... Calder y- Park, yeah, you're at Calder Park, you bastard. No, 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 I wasn't there. I was only 13 at that point. Yeah. Too, too young. I watched yeah. it all on the TV. Going yeah. Down. And, uh, yeah, it's epic. Those, are, those days just... Yeah, I know we're all kids and, and you have that nostalgic thing, but come I on, know. Man, that's when... 
shit was, like I say, dangerous. You yeah. Know? That, well, that was an epic show that was just mud and people and sh- Like, fuck. Remember when uh, Pearl Jam played here and they... At the My Music Bowl, yes. everyone tra- trashed the fucking... I was, I was at that show. Yeah, man. So you were like, there. We all come up on a, on a bus from, from Bands Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was remember cool. I was packing up my garage for my 15th birthday party. So it was 1995. It was the Vitalogy Tour. Yep. They were playing um, at the My Music Bowl. Yep. And I was listening to it when Triple J used to do the simulcast. Yep. So I was listening to it live, and uh, they were saying how, oh, just let them in, you know, all the kids trying to bust down the, yeah, the gates. Yeah, yeah. Was it the Meanies supported them? Yes, they did. Yeah. And they yeah. did a version awesome. of uh, Throw Your Arms Around Me by... Fuck, I can't believe I remember this shit. Throw Your Hunters. Arms Around Me <laughs> by the Hunters and Collectors. It was yes. fucking actually really good. It was fucking epic. Yeah, yeah that was the Link night. come out and actually sang really well. Yeah, that was good. Oh, he actually <laughs> came yeah, man, out he with them. did a duo with fucking Eddie Vedder. Yes. Eddie Vedder came out. I'm positive of this. Yeah, Positive. it happened. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure they no, did. he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. he did like a, a version of Throw Your Arms Around Me. Yeah, yeah. far out, man. Yeah, good no. times. Good times. I most definitely remember that night because, yeah, as I was saying, that was when I was packing up the garage for my fifteenth, and um, that was kind of the the tipping point for my musical taste. I was listening to that, going, "Holy shit." This is this is the tits, you know. <laughs> Some good gear back then. Fuck, there was. Yeah. You know? Hey, um, so yeah, you've spoken a little bit about your best gigs, but can you kind of look back into your, the recesses of your memory of any really shit ones? Sure, can. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, this sh- probably the most weird evening we ha- I had in a band was with my old my first band Repugnance and when it was a show we had in Melbourne we actually had two shows on the one night one of them was at the Tote and one of them was at the Art House and the first show was at the Tote and it was an early slot and we were head then headlining at the ha- Art House this other right. show so the first show at the Tote we played to fucking two barflies who wandered in from the front bar and just sat there and fucking heckled us the whole time oh, <laughs> it was un- it was most soul-destroying shit. We're just like, oh, well, fuck this thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then we went and did the art house and the place was packed. Yes. And it was an epic show. So we just had this one night where we just, you know, you're at the bottom of the bottom, the yeah. lowest of the low. The two ends of and the spectrum. And then all of a sudden, bang, we did a massive show and went home. High five. That's sick, man. That was good tapes. Um, do any of you guys have family, uh, wife, kids, all that kind of gear? I've got like a legion of people with my eyes. Is that a legion? <laughs> <laughs> you could do a take over the world. I got five kids to feed, man. Five. Yeah. No. Wow. I've, no, six. I've lost count because I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking on other people's kids now, like goats yeah. and dogs and like salamanders. Yeah. No. I've um. I think there's a pretty much most of the bands that have like been around for a while now. Like we were talking about the art house. Everyone at the art house now. That we, you know, from those days, you go, how you going, man? Like, oh, yeah, you run into them at the pool with their kids and shit. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they're all still rocking the Slayer shirt or whatever the hell, you know. That's but, it. But it's like, oh, you know, do you get out much, man? It's like, I get to my gigs, man. Yeah. You know, when I'm not doing that, man, I've got to fucking, like, you know, go to, like, soccer practice and, you know. Exactly, yes. man. Yeah, so. Yeah. A bunch of us are, are well... The majority of us have got children. Yeah, and how do you find that uh, as having a, a pretty much a, a very full family life? Uh, how is it getting onto the road? Is it a struggle to say, hey, I've got to go play this show? Or are your partners very supportive? Or The partner 
controls at all. Pass. Next question. It's all about that. Um, yeah, yeah. My partner's unreal. Like I'm like, going, hey, I'm going to New Zealand, and she goes, oh, "That's awesome, baby." You yeah. Know, but you're in a band meeting and saying, "Hey, we're going overseas," and it's like difficult because people are worried about. Their children, their jobs, their exactly, mortgage, yeah. their this and that. So yeah, you know, yeah. it does make it hard. Yeah. It's a struggle, isn't it's, it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty fresh for me, you know. I haven't really done a lot of touring, so. Sure. It's so certainly make quick uh, work of that, aren't we? We'll see. <laughs> we'll soon make quick work of that. Yeah. He'll be an experienced guy soon enough. But yeah. But I'm the opposite. I don't have any kids, and I kind of don't because... I played a band. Sure. And it's one or the other for me. Yeah, and right. I'm still a kid, so I'm yeah. not having kids. I'm still not, a kid. Not happening. Nah, mate. I'm fucking smart enough to know not to do it. That's that's the main thing. Um, <laughs> getting back on, like, the band and your tunes, how do you guys write your music? Do you all kind of bring an idea into the rehearsal room, or do you jam it out? Like, what's, what's well, the process for you boys? We're all... We all have a bit of a dip. We've all all uh, brought stuff to the table initially. There's kind of been stuff... It happens in different ways. Depends. I like to write stuff with my brother and then kind of bring something a little solid in to show these dudes. Yep. I usually need to have an epiphany at, like, a pyramid to actually, like, get the feel of, like, you know, any kind of art. <laughs> Aaron, is is that an inside joke? Or? Oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> I felt like, a vibe in the room after he'd said there that. There might be a few people out there that actually get that, but I doubt it. An epiphany. I was talking about Super Heist. Oh, no. Ah. We missed out on the 90s bands. I forgot to include them. Yeah, about right. how big an influence they were. Moving on. Yes, yep. yes. Moving on. Um, well, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, you, you may be, you know, having a shower and then you think of a hook and you've got to run well, out and try okay, and so for write me, a right, tune. The, where I like to write my riffs and where I have, and now this place does no longer exist anymore. I wrote a, a large amount and I've got fucking heaps of them on my, on my phone. I sit on my brother's couch. Yeah. And uh, on his acoustic and I write shit on the acoustic first. Yes, yes. And... I don't know why I like just starting at that point. If I can make it sound is the riff cool on an acoustic, I know sure. it's going to translate really good to an electrified, distorted guitar. So, and I like to write really simple shit. I just, that's just the way I like Simple and groovy, and that's just it. So I like starting at that point, bring it, bring it in. I can now, I now actually record a lot of shit on my own now kind of learn how to play drums too, so I can, don't need anyone when I want to put, put an idea down. Yes. Which is kind of what I do, but... Over the years, we've all contributed stuff and bring it in. Some of things are jammed out in the jam room with a bunch of dudes. Other yeah. stuff's more brought to the table. So it's an amalgamation Pretty of all much. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, it's always interesting to hear the response to that question because uh, it's always varied. Some people go, oh, I write all the tunes and the guys just work on the, the form of it or, you know, we all jam it out in the rehearsal room. It's Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's why you um, get such different sounding songs because if you actually have a strict this is how we write songs they yeah kind of get the same vibe but there is those songs where like you know a guy's at home all weekend and from friday night to sunday night all he's doing is working on this particular tune he knows how the middle sections goes he knows how it's going to end and it's going to and those songs are great but then there's sometimes you walk in 
and you're tuning up and someone just starts to fiddle. Yes. And then someone joins in. And then the next thing, oh, I know what I should do next. And that's another <laughs> way of writing songs. Yeah. You know, so there's, um, I think that's why, you know, like uh, different songs sound different because I think it's um, bad to have a like, this is how we do it. Yeah. You know, because some songs are like solely driven by someone who had a vision. Mm. Some songs are collective by everybody that, you know, this song wrote itself and it fell out of, you know, out of our ass on the day. Yeah. And, and there's some, the worst ones... It's like you start writing something, everyone likes it, and then everyone wants to can it, and you've got to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze, and you, and like you might spend like two years on one particular song. In the end, if it actually gets out, we're happy with it. But yeah, I don't think there's like a set way to do it. You know? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, have you got any? Um, just while we're winding up here, um, have you got any stories from the road that were? Uh, uh, humorous or um, or a little bit funny that, that that come to mind. Well, Aaron does does humorous better than me. Are you serious? <laughs> you got more stories than me, man. Uh, you know, maybe humorous. you lost a man. pair of underpants or something on the tarmac of a. <laughs> Someone came up and tried to steal your microphone. You I was know. kind of relying on somebody to say something when whilst I went through my library of fucking crazy shit <laughs> because yeah there's been everything from like turning up at the airport rolling out of the van doing projectile vomits and then being surrounded by like pretty much what looks like the SWAT team oh my gosh you know to ah uh, you know I, yeah. I, always get, I always get stumped on that question because I'm not like going a lot of crazy shit happened and I don't know if everybody wants me to say <laughs> yeah right no and that's what, cool when, man um, so nah nothing crazy nothing. ever happened man nah well, well I, re- I remember we, were, we did a gig in Hobart and we got a uh, hire car and they gave us a car with leather seats and we had all the gear and the bass player had his bass guitar in like a metal hard case and we had it on our um, knees, and the metal hard case was sitting up against the back of the seats. Now, I was driving, because I don't really drink, so all the other guys are having a few drinks, having a few laughs, and we got the car back to the, um, the hire place, got out of there, no worries, flew home, emailed the next day, we're going to be stung like 500 bucks because the back of the, the leather seats were all fucked from the buddies and I was so pissed at the guys I'm like are you serious like what are you doing back there man mate I could top that <laughs> I could top that story do it well it was actually the last night that I ever drank and that was like over four years ago and it was uh yeah it was a, an incident that went down on tour and yeah yeah and I actually well look amongst other hijinks on that evening I climbed up on the hire car and uh, got on the roof caved in the roof <laughs> for a couple of thousand dollars worth of damage oh no uh, and I'm worried about some weather myself, I was completely paralytic at the time and yeah uh, had to find out about it the next day but uh, uh, moral of the story being that I learnt my fucking lesson and I haven't had a drink since so, well and uh, what yeah, a good I catalyst those man those stories ran out after that night and while you're on that subject, that was that night. And the second night after this was probably one of the worst. I think we looked like we were fucking, like, you know, having a go and playing. Oh, I think we were... That's some of the most pain I've ever been on stage ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Albury. Albury on the way home. We After the gig we did in Newcastle, we had a show in Albury on the Sunday, and I've never been more hungover in my whole entire life. And oh, man. It was, it was hell, pure fucking hell, and I vowed never to do it again, and I haven't. The... Um the old bass player in our band, I, you know, we, we run amok the night before, caused all this fucking trouble, he had to put up with it. And then the second night was like a Sunday night in Aubrey, and um, we're about to, like, all right, I was asleep in pain, and he's like, get up, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You're on in two minutes, and I was like, oh, Ooh. okay. And um, I'm over, I'm, I'm bent over the sink going, like, oh. I'm sick, and we're about to play. Yeah. And the, and the bass player walks past and just goes, how you feeling now, man? And it was like, it was totally him looking at going. <laughs> Remember the smell too? Because it was at like the backstage area was like a fucking uh, a kitchen. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it just had that like stale. Yeah, man. Just <laughs> that horrible uh, oil smell. Just. Yeah, uh, not yeah, no, cool, no, no, not cool. Not it cool. like a mistake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody fucked up and you could smell it. Oh, man. Well, look. If there's anything that could turn you away from booze I think a huge amount of coin having to be paid to repair a hire car would definitely be well, up there well they also did bail me up after the show and they all had a little sit down I, I finally got oh, my, my in, little sit down a little intervention Shit. and they told me that if I had a drink in my hand again at a show they'd kick me out Well, and I said well that's fair enough boys but I'd already made my mind up that I wasn't going to anyway Yeah. But, and uh, so now you don't drink at all no sir no, just sir, I don't. cold turkey. That's right. Well, there just you the go, alcohol. man. There's a just word for the, that. Uh, alcohol up. In the States, they call that straight edge. No, shit, no. Not straight edge. You're straight edge. Just don't edge. drink. Ah. Oh. <laughs> okay. There's other ways to have fun, my friend. Other yeah, wa- right. far less destructive ways. Yes. Yeah, so I figured out that alcohol really didn't suit me. We didn't go well together. So okay. we set our parting ways and I've moved on to greener pastures. I like it. I yeah. Like it shit i still go. have to have a good time man just not be a <laughs> fuckwit yeah right <laughs> oh man well thank you so much for sharing all of your, your road stories with me here my pleasure sir on the art of touring podcast um uh, we have had uh, amazing uh, acts t- tonight at the meltdown still more Festival. to come oh, still yes. more to come black swamp can't wait to see those boys the black swamp fuck yeah dude we've had mustache ant um, i am finest. duck eye Skull fork, arteries, um, you guys obviously never, and um, yeah, Born Lion are coming up as well. I am Duck Eye were off the planet. They as were always. Yeah. He tried to skateboard his guitar yeah. down the stairs. <laughs> They're funny and terrifying all at the same time. I was you know? worried for him. Yeah. Particularly, like I've seen them a few times now, and they've, you know, they've got the hijinks. It's fantastic. But tonight, yeah, they were they they were just on another level, man. They were yeah. just. Pile driving riffs is like God. These guys have stepped it up a notch, haven't they? Well, I was Jesus. setting up the the mics down here in this front bar, and um, it was so loud. Like, I mean, it's loud right now, but they were louder. Like they were, and they were only a three piece. Yeah, I couldn't man. believe it. Yeah. Well, Which, we had Jason earlier. He's um he's off somewhere thank, else. Thankfully, he's decided to part ways. <laughs> the vocalist for Never. Uh, we've been talking to Aaron, Dan, and Graham. Thanks a lot, guys. Jeez. My pleasure, sir. Have a good rest of the evening. Cheers. We'll see you on the road.
That's the end of Art of Touring, the podcast, episode six. Hope you liked it. Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you did like it, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow at Art of Touring as well. Also, go check out my band, Smoke of Smoker Smoke, 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 Smoke Stack Rhino, who are featured in the podcast every week. Our opening and closing theme is a song called Screwdriver Girls. You can check out the whole song on iTunes, and you can follow the band on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitter, all of it. We've got all the channels, even our very own website, SmokestackRhino.com. You can keep up to date with our gigs on Facebook, however, so just give us a like on Facebook and you can find out when we're playing in your town. If you'd like to get on contact with me, however, email me at artofturingpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show. I would love to hear from you, Zos, um, who would like to come and have a chat. You can listen to Art of Turing on Anchor FM and you can download it on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this episode or previous episodes of the podcast, take a moment to give the podcast a rating and a review. Um, if you do that, I'll send you a little treat in the mail. Just give me a screenshot of your review uh, and um, send me your snail mail address and I will hook you up with possibly a little treat from my house, you know, a set list or something, as I mentioned at the start of the show. That's all for this week. Before I go, I have a few shout outs. Shout out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guests this week, the boys from Never. Also, an update from the guys in Skullfork. They were on the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about how their drum kit got stolen, and it was all over social media. It was even in the news. Um, Well, the good news is the drum kit has been returned, so that was great to hear. Um, So I wish those guys all the best. Um, It was really, really great to hear that their, um, their drum kit has been returned safely. So Yuki, all the best, mate. Can't wait to see you again. And, um, yeah, keep kicking goals. Now let's get into some plugs. My band, Smokestack Rhino, are playing the Jamboree Music Festival in Sydney on Saturday, July 21st. Tickets are available from their website at www.jamboreemusicfestival.com. You can also download our debut album from iTunes or go to our Bandcamp page to purchase a physical copy or grab a t-shirt. That's all from me. We that's all from me this week, guys. I'm a bit tired. Uh, thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with the Sis Dog. Oh, oh, oh. Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Freeze Dried Tasty's Choice Instant Coffee. Mmm, coffee.